Oh, gosh. Well, hey, you guys. Welcome to the Connection Point Worldview podcast. And as always, we're here with uh, Pastor Trey Shigley and Dr. Zach Breitenbach. Uh, my name is Ron, and we're a part of the Ministry of Connection Point in the Indianapolis area of Indiana. And this is a podcast designed to help, help take you as a, a parent or guardian a little bit deeper into places that your student has already gone. So uh, welcome back, you guys. Thanks for for diving in with us this time. Um, so you started a special worldview series with the seniors, uh, the 12th graders recently. Tell us what you discussed in that first week and what you plan to do in the rest of this series, Zach. Yeah, so this is a very important series, and we'd love for you to talk to your student about it because we talk a lot about worldview, and, and Trey and I are called you know the worldview team or worldview ministry at Connection Point. But what is a worldview? Uh, and so that's kind of what this whole uh, discussion was about. What's a worldview and what's a Christian worldview? Uh, so we talked about uh, a definition of a worldview, uh, whether everyone has a worldview, um, how a worldview shapes the way you look at things, um, what does it mean to have a Christian worldview, um, and what impact does that have on, on your life. Uh, but this isn't just an academic exercise of sort of giving a definition. Uh, it can seem kind of dry and boring if, oh, well, they're just going to define a term for them. Um, but that's not really what this is about. We do define the term worldview, uh, but we really unpack it and we talk about how this concept is very practical and relevant uh, in our lives. And we even started off with some examples. And we talked about, say, 9-11. And you look at, at that and you say, man, what would what, did these people just, these terrorists, did they just wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to fly a plane into a building? Obviously not. There was a worldview behind it. There was... Uh, there was a belief system that led to your actions. And we talked about how our beliefs affect our actions. We talked about Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017 when a white supremacist ran over protesters in a car. What would cause someone to do that? How can two people look at something uh, and, and see it so differently? You know, I would look at that and say that is, that is evil. But to the person who did that, that made sense to them. They thought that that was something that made sense to do. Um, or even something more positive, like becoming a medical missionary. Why would somebody commit their life to doing something like that? Uh, so uh, this topic is not just about giving a definition. It's, it's about understanding um, who we are at our core and, and why we do the things we do. Uh, and as far as the rest of the uh, series, the next two weeks that we have with the seniors, we let them pick uh, what we're going to do. We gave them some options. And so uh, next week we're going to be doing a Q&A. Uh, so who knows where that will go, but uh, excited to see what questions they, they come with. And then the third week, uh, we're going to be talking about sort of the big story of the Bible. How does the whole Old Testament and New Testament fit together? Uh, what's like the overarching story? And then a little bit about church history. What happened after the Bible? Um, so we'll talk about Acts, the book of Acts, and early church history, and then kind of a high-level view of what happened in, in church history after that. So that's, that's what they picked, and I'm excited uh, for us to talk about that. That's cool. Plenty to tune in for in these upcoming weeks. So uh, you gave a long definition and then a short definition of worldview. Can you uh, sum those up for us, Trey? Yes. So um, I'll give us the, the short definition. And then the long definition, and don't let the long definition scare you because then we'll break it down kind of into to parts to explain it more. But very simply, a worldview is our view of the world 
It's how we answer the big questions of life and it guides how we live. So it's just how do you view the world, answer its big questions, and then how does that guide how you live? Uh, it also could be described as a story. Uh, we, can, we use stories as human beings to explain everything. And uh, your worldview can also be a story that we believe explains how life works. You know, how did everything begin? Where did we come from? Uh, you know, what, what's wrong with the world? What's the purpose of my life? How do, we, how do we fix what's wrong with the world and with us? And how do we end up? Where is everything going? Um, and that's, that's the framework of a story. And so your worldview can also be um, often uh, described through the lens of a story. Um, and then if we give kind of break, if we break worldview down into maybe a longer definition, um, it would be that it's our beliefs which may not be true and may not be consistent. Uh, it's the beliefs that we accept, perhaps even without thinking much about them, about the way the world or reality really is. So it's about the big questions of life. Our worldview also includes our commitments and our heart desires, and it's foundational to how we live and how we behave. So that's kind of the longer definition. But what we took students through was breaking down kind of each of those parts. And so uh, a big part of a worldview is that uh, it includes beliefs that we accept, but maybe we don't give them a lot of thought. We haven't actually processed. Not everyone has thought through why do they believe what they believe. Um, and so if you question them like, okay, why do you believe that? Or why do you say that? They might be like, oh, well, I don't know. Like it's something they believe, but they haven't haven't actually given it much thought. Um, and then it's about the big questions of life. It's not about what your favorite snack is, your favorite toothpaste flavor, your favorite cereal, um, but it's about the big foundational questions of life. Things like, what is ultimate reality? Is there a God? What is God like? Is there no God? You know, what, what is the universe? Is it eternal? Is it created? Uh, does it have a purpose? What's a human being? Are we accidents of, of nature? Are we... Um, kind of made in God's image? Is there an afterlife? What is afterlife like? So these big questions of life. Some other ones are like, how can we know what truth is? Can we really know what truth is? Uh, what is morality? Is morality even a, 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 a thing that uh, is true apart from us? Or is it just kind of depending on person to person? And is history going somewhere? Is there purpose to everything? Is, is life cyclical or is it going someplace. And so those are some of like the big questions that a worldview is answering. Uh, and the thing about your worldview, because everyone has one, is that it may be true or it may be false. And we know just from logic, not everyone's worldview can be true because there are worldviews that contradict each other. And so your worldview belief may be false. Um, and there are some worldview beliefs that are also true. And then uh, the thing about your worldview, because we haven't thought through them always, is that they aren't always consistent. Um, we often contradict ourselves, and we can see that in the way we act. Sometimes we act differently than what we say we believe, or sometimes we have two beliefs and we haven't really reconciled them with each other. Um, and so often morality is something that we get into contradictions where we say, uh, some people might say well, morality is individual, depends on the person, like each person decides what's right or wrong. But then we condemn certain things like racism, right? Or slavery or other things, uh, murder. And it's like, okay, 
Well, that applies to all people. You're not saying that a morality is relative here. So we're contradicting ourselves mm -hmm. if we go that path. Um, and then our worldview um, isn't just about what we believe mentally or what we think logically, but it also involves our heart desires. Um, sometimes, uh, not sometimes, most of the time, we don't do what we say we believe. We do what we feel is true. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we do what we want to do. And so your worldview is often revealed through your attitudes, through your heart posture, through your actions. Um, and it, it really um, is more than just a mental um, conception of the world, but it actually is shown through how we act and believe. Um, and finally, a worldview is the foundation uh, for the rest of our life, how I live, how I behave, it, it all rests upon that. Uh, kind of like the classic example of an iceberg, right? Most of the iceberg is underwater, um, and that's your worldview. What you see is what's above water. It's your actions, your speech, how you treat people, how you go through life. But all of that is resting on your worldview, how you answer the big questions of life. So that's kind of how we broke it down um, for students. So it, it seems to me that some people tend to avoid thinking about the big questions and just kind of skate through life. So um, does someone like this have no worldview? Is it possible to have no worldview? Can you speak to that one, Zach? Yeah, we, we talked about that question. And um, this, this from the, the movie uh, Fer Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if you've ever seen that, <laughs> Ferris Bueller uh, at one point in the movie says, uh, isms. Uh, you know, like theism or pantheism or deism, the different belief systems or, or worldviews of the world. Uh, he says, isms are not good. Uh, a person should not believe in an ism. He should believe in himself. So in other words, he's basically saying, I don't have a belief system. I don't have a worldview. And a person shouldn't have one. I just believe in myself. Well, the problem with that is that that is actually uh, expressing a worldview, right? It's 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 expressing something that might be described as like egoism, where uh, you're kind of the the center uh, of your world. You're wrecking one of my favorite films, by yeah, the way. Here well, in Texas, it was, it <laughs> was a fun movie, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I don't think it's possible, right? Because even someone who who does skate through life and doesn't think very deeply, as some people don't think very deeply, they tend to absorb their worldview, right? We all go through life, and every day, by the way you treat people, by the way you speak, the way you act, it's flowing from the way you understand reality to be, right? Even a baby has a very rudimentary sort of worldview. They understand when I cry, you know, my, my mom comes and, and gives me food or whatever. Uh, and that's how re reality works, right? Um, a very basic level. As we get older, it gets more sophisticated. But we all have a very, uh, an understanding of what we take the world to be, what we think reality is like, and we live accordingly. Um, so I, I don't think we can escape that. We can't get away from it. It's not possible to just opt out of, of having a worldview. Mm -hmm. It is possible to not think very much about your worldview, which is, is not uh, recommended. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's not possible to just have no worldview. So one more question on something you said earlier. You said a worldview can be thought of as a story that makes sense to, of, of the world. So can you give an example of that? Yeah. So um, every story, as Trey mentioned earlier, has sort of like a, a, a beginning, uh, sort of a, 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 some explanation of why there's the world screwed up, why there's problems in the world. Can we fix it? Uh, if so, how? 
uh, and then there's a conclusion to the story. Um, so an, an atheist story, for example, might go, and, and atheists might have different, we, we do have different worldviews and different ways of thinking about how reality is, but it could go like this, like, where did we come from? Well, uh, we're accidents of nature. Uh, why is the universe here? Just no purpose. It's uncreated. We're uncreated. Uh, we've evolved without God, um, that sort of thing. Uh, well, what's what's the big problem with life? Well, the problem is religion. Religion is unscientific. It, it blocks progress. Well, how do we fix this problem? Well, science and technology and, and eliminating religion, making uh, the world secular and, and focusing around technology and science to make life a, a better place. Uh, and what's the goal? Where are we trying to end up? Uh, well, a non-religious society that has eliminated religion, the, the cancer of the world, and uh, we'll all live better by technology. We'll live healthier, happier uh, lives. And, and so that's a story, right? That's a way of seeing where did we come from? What's the problem? What's the fix? Uh, where does it end up? Not all atheists would agree with that story. There are, that's a fairly optimistic uh, atheistic worldview, but there, there are less optimistic ones. Um, and Christians have a story too, right? We have a story of where did we come from, right? We're created by God. We're made in his image. The universe was not an accident. It was specially created by God from nothing. Um, what's the problem? Sin, um, the fall, right? We, we've rebelled against God, uh, and that had real consequences, including uh, spiritual death and us being separated from God. Uh, well, what's the solution? Is there one? Yes, Jesus came and he died for our sins, and there's a chance to be freed from that and uh, made right with God and live with him forever. And well, how does it end up? Well, uh, there's going to be a judgment. Jesus is going to return. Uh, those who've accepted Jesus and his salvation won't have to pay for their sins, and everyone else will have to pay for their own sins. So this is uh, a story. You can, you can frame your worldview, the way you look at the world in reality, in terms of a story uh, in that way. So then you moved into talking about a Christian worldview. You began with a, I think, kind of a concerning statistic. Uh, Trey, you want to talk about that for us? Yeah. Um, Barna, which is a research group, they, uh, in one of their, um, in some of the research, they found that about two-thirds of teens who were kind of raised in the church end up uh, walking away from the church sometime in their 20s. And so, you know, if you're concerned at all for the future of, of, of our youth and for the next generation, that should be a very concerning stat. Like two-thirds of kids raised in the church are walking away from the church in their 20s. Um, and, and that's incredibly concerning. And, and some of the research they uh, did, they seem to indicate that one of the main reasons a uh, person walks away from the faith is because they don't have a biblical worldview at the core of their identity. And one of the studies they did is that um, they, they saw like, okay, what are, what are students actually learning? And they're learning Bible stories, Bible people, they're having fun. And honestly, that's about 90 to 95% of kids in the church are learning the stories. They're, they're, they can name you most of the main Bible characters. Uh, 90% say that they have fun and they have a really positive view of church. But only 9%, according to Barna, have a biblical worldview. Mm. And this is huge because as Zach mentioned, uh, n your worldview, you may think you don't have one, but everyone does. And if you aren't intentionally being discipled into a biblical Christian worldview, 
culture will disciple you into their worldview. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't happen by accident. It happens intentionally. But oftentimes we aren't focusing on those key um, worldview pieces um, and they are subconsciously absorbing the worldview of whatever is around them. Hmm. I'm, I'm adding a little bit in here, but is there a distinction between walking away from the church and walking away from the faith? I mean, there's obviously a correlation because your faith can be developed in church. Um, but then I could also kind of imagine that some students find the church part irrelevant and walk away from a weekly gathering, a, a worship service, a class or Sunday school or whatever, but not necessarily from Jesus. I know that's a little bit off track, but it makes me think of that. Have you yeah, that's true. There, there that. is a difference between yeah. walking away from church and, and walking away from Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is possible to have a relationship with Christ and, and not go to church. Right. Well, that's not advisable. Right. And, and not biblical. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, that statistic that Trey mentioned is is about uh, church teens who stop going to church. So mm-hmm. it's, it's teens who went to church at least two weeks out of a month. Uh, as teenagers, and then between the age of 18 to 29, they just stop going. Yeah, yeah. And, and usually when you do walk away from church, you're, you're not in a good place spiritually, and yeah. you're not seeking God, and, yeah. and you're just checked out. Yeah. And as, as Trey said, Barna found that it's mostly because their Christian faith wasn't really at their core. It wasn't something foundational to who they are, and it was easy for them to walk away from church right. and, and, and likely from God. Yeah, if, if, if it's not really contributing to their discipleship journey, but it's just kind of a fun hangout, and that's all it is, I could see why it would be easier to to walk away from. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's big, uh, big stakes. Um, so what'd you say about how the Bible answers the big questions of, of life? Zach, what you want to take that one? Yeah. So Trey, uh, kind of mentioned like some of the big questions that your worldview is going to answer, even if you haven't thought about it very much. Um, but let's run through it real quick. Right. So, um, what is ultimate reality? Well, it's, it's not the universe. It's, it's God, uh, God is the ultimate foundational thing to reality. He created the universe. The universe isn't the thing that's eternal and uncreated and always there. Ultimate reality is God. It's the Christian God, the Trinity, who is perfect uh, in every way and has all these omni qualities. What's the, uh, what's the universe? Well, God made it. He made it from nothing. Um, it hasn't always existed, um, but God has. What's a human being? Uh, well, we're, we're made in God's image. We're loved by God. We're special to God. We're more special than the physical universe uh, by far. Uh, but we're also rebels against God. We're sinners and rebels, but we're loved by God. Is there an afterlife? Uh, yes. Uh, so we will be with God forever or punished forever in hell, separated from God. Can we know how the world is. Yes, God has created our minds to be able to know and understand at least adequately the world that he's created. We don't have perfect understanding, but we are able to understand the world, which in philosophy is a big question called epistemology. And it's a big question of, can we know things and what can we know? Well, as a Christian, I think we have a basis for thinking we do know things at least adequately because God designed our minds. What's uh, morality? Is it real? Uh, yes, it's real. God is the perfect moral standard. Uh, evil is rejecting God's commands. Uh, we have a moral law that applies to us whether we like it or not. That's a huge part of our worldview. We don't get to make it up for ourselves. Um, 
is history going somewhere? Yes, according to, to the Bible, uh, history is leading to the return of Jesus. History is not random. It's under God's sovereign control, and um, it's not cyclical like reincarnation. It's going in a line. It's heading toward something. It's headed toward Jesus's return. Um, so if you think that that's the answer to these questions, that's going to shape everything else. It's really going to shape how you live and how you see the world. Mm. We're kind of building it here, but then what, what would be a good definition of Christian worldview? How, how's that related to, to the greatest commandment, Zach? You maybe yeah. uh, spoke to that. So like we've been kind of indicating, a worldview is not just your head knowledge and your beliefs, but it's kind of the whole of yourself. It's, it's your will and desires. It's your emotions. It's your actions and speech. It's, it's your thinking. Uh, that underlies everything. And and I think this relates to the greatest command of Jesus, because when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? He said, uh, love the Lord with uh, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strengths. Um, and so, uh, and the second greatest is to love your neighbor as yourself. So I think a worldview involves, uh, a Christian worldview involves this, right? If I was to sum it up, Uh, Your faith in God defines every part of who you are, and your whole self is aimed at loving God. So you love God with your heart. You you love him with your mind and your thinking about the the big questions of life. We want to line that up with the Bible. We we love God with our soul and our desires and our inner self. We love God with our strength, our physical body, our actions, our speech. Uh, So our mind, our will, our actions, our body, our attitude, everything is uh, oriented toward loving God and loving others. And, and honoring God in, in every er, uh, area of our life. And we want to have consistency in that so that our mind doesn't say, I believe this, but then our, the rest of our life and our actions and our speech and our emotions and attitudes, they, they don't line up. Uh, a, a genuine Christian worldview is going to have uh, consistency in, in all those areas. I like that link to the great commandment there. Um, okay, so you closed out with some personal application and... Uh, the story of a young man who showed what it means to have a Christian worldview. Uh, wrap us up talking about that, uh, Trey. Yeah, um, this, you know, the whole point of us talking about worldview is we want it to become actually practical, you know, and, and for at least people to see that it is practical and then live that out. And so um, one of the things we had our high school seniors do is, hey, what are some areas of your life that are most hard to bring into alignment with a biblical worldview? You know, what, what do you see your peers struggling with to bring into alignment? And what do you personally, um, you know, is it in uh, the area of what you watch or what you listen to or what you say or uh, how you work or how you play sports or, you know, how you relate to your friends or to your parents or uh, the things you do on the internet or the, the words that you speak, how do you spend your money? So everything you do in life can be filtered through the filter of a biblical worldview. Mm. And uh, one of the keys I think is huge is if your life does not contrast with or look weird at all to the people around you, then you most likely are not living a biblical worldview because the biblical worldview is so drastically different than uh, the cultural worldview and the worldview of other people around you, your life should look different. And if your life isn't presenting things that are kind of shocking or, or unique or that stand out, then maybe you aren't fully living out your Christian worldview. 
Um, and so we, we gave some examples of, okay, uh, you're tempted to cheat on a test. Okay, you say everyone is cheating, but if you're looking at it through a biblical worldview and you're wanting to live in integrity with that, how would you respond? How would you act in that situation when you are tempted to cheat? Or say you have a grandparent uh, who was a believer who passed away. How does you grieving through that process, how does that grieving process look different for you than for someone who doesn't have a biblical worldview? And we gave a great example of this man named William Borden. And he lived uh, a long time ago, about 150 years ago, and uh, his life is one of uh, that was shocking to the world around him. He was born in a really rich family. He had a really huge inheritance that was coming to him, and he traveled the world when he was a teenager um, just because he could, and his parents paid for him to go around the world. But he... Uh, what he saw around the world broke his heart. He saw people who were living in poverty who didn't know Jesus. And so he decided uh, to, after college, to become a missionary. And so he gave up his fortune. He gave up his privilege. He went into some of the toughest places in the world. And the people around him were shocked. His parents were shocked. They're like, what are you doing? You could live the life of ease, of power, of privilege, of prestige. And yet he's saying, no, my worldview, my biblical beliefs are driving me towards this. And so he had this call from the Spirit, and he chose to obey it. Um, and it's a really powerful story. And he actually ended up um, getting sick and dying at a really young age. I think it was something like 23 years old or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and the world would look at that and say, man, that was a waste. He, he really missed out. And he got sick and died because he was overseas. Mm -hmm. It probably wouldn't have happened if he stayed um, in the States. But uh, from a biblical worldview, what he did and his story inspired thousands of other missionaries and sparked this huge missionary movement in America to send missionaries around the world and its impacted the world in amazing ways for the kingdom of God. And that life was not a waste. And what he was doing was living a life of integrity and uh, with his biblical worldview. And it was really inspiring to, for me to learn about uh, William Borden, and I think our students really appreciated that as well. That's powerful. Um, so we have started to wrap up each episode with a discussion question. So whether you're a parent or guardian or maybe a leader, uh, you've got some a student in your life or a son or daughter um, that you would have a good conversation with about this afterwards. And so, uh, guys, for this week, do you have a discussing question to point them to. Yeah, so the uh, students were given a packet that uh, on the very last page has a bunch of questions that they can explain to you kind of more details than what we have in this podcast about what they learned. And then there's questions there on that last page that you can talk through with them. But here's here's just like one or two that uh, that we would recommend. Uh, just, just talk to your student about, well, what does it mean to have a Christian worldview? What did you take away from being there? Uh, and just unpack that a little bit. Talk about the practical parts of it, too. So uh, you guys could, could discuss, well, what would it mean for someone who has a Christian worldview if they were in a situation like, say, the ones Trey was talking about before, maybe a loved one uh, dies? How does being a Christian affect the way you think or feel about that? Uh, maybe you're tempted to cheat in school um, or other situations. What to, how does having a Christian worldview have a practical impact on your daily life? And, and I think that would lead to uh, some good discussion. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. This is a uh, this is a blessing as always. Um, it would help us out if you're listening to this, if you uh, subscribe or, or like or share this with someone. That'll really help get the word out and uh, hopefully be a blessing to other people that might uh, be wondering about some of the answers to these types of questions. And so uh, if you've got questions about the church connection point, you go to cp.church. That's a good starting place. Otherwise, we'll be back with another episode here real quick and continue this journey together. God bless.